1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: Uh, so yeah, I'm Phil McGovern. Uh, and I'm Dan Mackin. And we're the, uh, we're, the, we're the fellas that sit behind Caffeine and Machine, along, along with 74 other wonderful people.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of them.
2: Mm.
4: They're all ace. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com.
0: Right, hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Markar and uh, this week I'm flying solo. I've got no Andy J or no Amy Shaw. Andy, believe it or not, is away on holiday and Amy is somewhere in Germany photographing cars, would you believe? How wonderful. How wonderful indeed. Uh, Now, as you've heard from the opening, I am here with two very, very special people. Um, They're two people that I've grown to know quite well over the past three years. And as you might have guessed from the title of this podcast, it is all about our favourite car location in the United Kingdom called Caffeine and Machine. And we're here because we're celebrating a very happy third birthday to Caffeine and Machine. Happy birthday, Caffeine and Machine. You You are are so very
3: kind. Yeah, we're feeling... It feels like a very long three years. Three years has passed, and a good chunk of it with very few people in the yard, which is the most bizarre thing. It's a very eerie place when this place is quiet because it's, it was built and designed for people and mm. fun and noises and and laughter. Um, but yeah, a, a wicked three years. It's it's bonkers that it's come around um, and that we, <laughs> to be quite honest, that we've lasted this long. Yeah, um, <laughs> not that I don't have some confidence in myself and Phil. Um,
2: but yeah, it's, uh, it it's such g- an unknown, unknown thing, though. So th- there was never any... We didn't know how much steam it would have, and we never knew whether it would take off. So the concept of being here at three and holding the champagne cork, which I amazingly managed to catch, um, yeah, it's nuts. Absolutely nuts, John. It's it's awesome. It's really, really awesome. And, uh, yes, I mean, as, as you've introduced
0: yourselves at the beginning, but just to introduce, so for the listeners that are listening, we have Dan Macken and Phil McGovern, who uh, were the brains behind all of this. Now, we have... We've that actually... Word loosely. Well, yeah,
2: the uh, the loose cannons, the machine yeah. Yeah,
0: the well-oiled machines. Um, now, both of you have appeared on the podcast before, so if you're listening to this and uh, you haven't heard the previous podcast, we have uh, we've done recording with Dan. I think we did you, Dan, first, and then a few weeks later we did. We did- uh, Phil so there is a nice backstory so we won't go too much into the details of, of uh, who you are and why you're here and and the backstory because of course if you want to uh, go back and I'll mention these um, episode details at the end of this recording uh, but if you want to listen to uh, Dan's episode that was episode 11 um, and uh, Phil was uh, a little bit later at episode 21 so we, we delved a little bit into the inner depths of of the two of you mm-hmm. um, but of course it seemed crazy now we're celebrating the third birthday of Kathine Machine this week and it, it, it seemed uh, crazy to to not try and get some sort of recording in with you guys because, uh, of course, this is a, a significant special place uh, well, to me personally because I think I was around before the doors opened and mm-hmm. uh, getting involved with events. But also, of course, for our listeners, for Driven Chat, um, we we use this location for our weekly radio shows uh, and, and podcast recordings. That may change slightly over the winter months as it's now about to get very dark very early. Mm-hmm. But hey, we'll figure that out. That's have uh, got that- lights.
3: I've got a torch you can borrow. It. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Yeah, that's no problem.
2: That yeah, is li- live in the sofa live on, on the sofa in front of everybody that could work out
0: we could do that a weekly like live podcast yeah. that'll work wow. out well, well this I like this we're always we're ideas, John. this is a, this is this is primarily it's now an a ideas meeting. meeting yeah I like <laughs> yeah. it I like it uh, so uh, yeah ignore everything I've just said continue coming every Tuesday because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to coming, gonna be, here. We're gonna be here <laughs> we're going to be talking about it um but yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to, to first of all, just say a big thank you on behalf of Driven Chat and of course on behalf of our listeners, I'm sure, who are all extremely grateful for the additional car sounds and uh, atmospherics mm-hmm. that come with our weekly podcast because it's a it's a very, very special place for us to be here. We know that we have listeners all over the world, hundreds of thousands of listeners now, which, are, which blows my mind and um, a lot of them are very excited by the fact that we're here uh, at Caffeine Machine and everyone in the world seems to know about this place, which is amazing and i guess that's incredibly
3: exciting beyond humbling <laughs> yeah. um no yeah, yeah
2: it's man absolutely bonkers that's but all yeah. i can say it's just nuts it's just it it's is. been it's been picked up so far and so wide
3: and it goes without saying that you you're just so very welcome we absolutely love oh, having you it. guys on site it's um you know we built this for the community for people whether it's you know listeners of, of the the driven chat um podcast the radio show that you guys do um you know and and everyone in between whether you're part of the the car world through your work or through your passion or you know whatever it may be that's kind of what it was for and the fact that you guys you know choose to come and and spend your Tuesday evenings with us is is yeah is is great
0: thank you no it is it, it is lovely now to kick off um Especially if people haven't heard the two podcasts with you previously, which I'm sure they'll go back and listen to after this one. You'd be mad not to. You you would be mad, Dan. Dan, you'd be mad, yeah. I'm going to fire off some um, some quick ish fire questions to the both of you, just as a kind of getting to know you, uh, just to kind of build up a picture. This is a nice, easy way for people to uh, get more of an understanding about you. Uh, So I'm going to start with you, Phil. Mm. Um, What is your earliest childhood memory in slash around a car?
2: I uh, read Porsche nine two eight outside my house in Cannaworth in 1987, 96, somewhere in there. Um, Good year that. Yeah, that was a uh, that, John, was, that was, was my jam. And then three years um, dead. yeah, my <coughs> mum used to my mum used to rip around in an E thirty. It was a three one six manual in the Middle Ooh. East. Not particularly quick. Um, but yeah, very much remember that because she was always uh, she was always prone to a good radio turn off and AC turn off just to get off the traffic lights that little bit quicker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did it work? Well, yeah, it does because you <laughs> so much power out of the car when you're running AC in a 1.6. Yeah, big time. Um, fond memories. Always very much enjoyed being a passenger as a kid. Love that, Daniel.
3: Yeah. what about you? Mine was so. Mine was too. My my earliest memory was probably um, it was the smell of sort of smoke and leather. My dad used yeah. to smoke, um, and I used to remember getting into his Jag. Um, I actually trying to remember what it was. I don't think it was an XJS, um, but I'm, I was really, um, I was really very young. Um, so yeah, it was it was that idea of getting into what was this big, big wafty thing that, <laughs> to me as a very small person, um, was was just the the coolest thing. It had the you know we would play with the bumming I mean, Hole that could get into the back of the boot through the armrest oh, yeah. in the bag. as ski little kid. Hatch.
1: The ski hatch, yeah, which
3: <laughs> I actually used once ever, not in that car, but I've only ever used a ski hatch once in my entire life. Probably the most uh, useless. It's probably for Ikea of all yeah. the things as well. It isn't actually it? was for skis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that? um, yeah, that's what I was meaning. I've used it for its intended use. Um, but yeah, that was it. All my, um, yeah, my sort of first exhilarating moment, I suppose, was as a, as a young kid. My uncle had a, a WRX um, Impreza, which Blew my mind, um, uh, yeah. and may have may have sort of played on my mind as to one of my more re- recent purchases. You do have sown the seed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, and it was it was mega.
0: We'll get there. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, who had the coolest first car? Who did we think?
3: Definitely Phil. I know for a fact it wasn't me.
2: Ah, yeah. Um, I had a had I had a bug. I yeah had a 1972 Volkswagen Beetle HDM 541K, um, and it was a it was a it was original pale blue inside. Uh, and then it was painted this god awful kind of like Porsche Acre and marine color on the outside on flat pipe and centerline wheels <laughs> and a bit of a slam. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Painted it white, had a load of fun with it, got completely lost in the world of Cal at Volkswagens, and that's where my passion set started to grow from. I wouldn't say it was the coolest thing in the world, it was just.
3: i say it well, exactly was than- what I was after. A 2003 Fiat Punto yes. oh, in silver. You had fun, yeah, not <laughs> yeah. uh, And you really did need to fix it again tomorrow. It, it was it was on its <laughs> rear end. Um, MJO3HPN, and I had to try and remember how to do it. So I came up with Harry Potter's nana, uh, and that, that's <laughs> that's it. That that's mj 3 Mojo Amazing. three. Yeah, it was uh, it was yeah that was a disaster. I ended up. Um, Would you have it back sat in the garage now? Uh, It's actually, it was scrapped. Oh, Oh, no. So was mine. So definitely Yeah, it'd be (laughs) better now than it was then, to be honest. (laughs) A
0: lovely cube. A lovely cube (laughs) of metal to put in a corner. A glass surface on it. It makes for retainer walls. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
0: Well, that could lead me on to the next question quite uh, conveniently. Uh, The most embarrassing thing you've done in a car, Dan, let's start with
4: you. Apart from drive a punto.
3: Apart from drive a punto. Well, I, I. proceeded to put the punto into the back of uh someone else's car when we were we were going in convoy somewhere and the light was on amber and it was all perfectly uh. legit and we could have quite easily got through together, but they thought they'd stop and I thought we'd carry on <laughs> and skidded down a hill, wind with in the wet and uh and, and yeah, went straight. It was really silly actually. It yeah. was one of those ones very easily avoidable but was six months into driving and was very wet behind the ears. I would have thought that
0: uh, six months into your driving, you should know that amber in the uh, highway code actually means stop. <coughs> yeah,
3: well I'd, 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 uh, well, I'd actually committed it, it would have been more dangerous <laughs> for me to... It means commit. More, <laughs> more dangerous for me to, <laughs> <laughs> to have stopped for the... Uh, given the brakes that were on the punt. I would have stopped very quickly and the cars behind me would have very much put themselves into danger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, ultimately, you did stop.
0: So yeah, I did, just yeah, in, with the help of the LDA
3: 3 in front of me. <laughs> what
0: about
2: you, Phil? Any embarrassing? Yeah, mine's horrific. Go on. Um, I forget the year. It must have been 2009, I think it was. Dubai, New Year's Eve. Um, I, at the time, had a Jaguar, a very sporty Jaguar S-Type uh, as a company vehicle. Um, And I also, very luckily, had that 993, the yellow car at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'd been out for a very spirited drive across the countryside. I think I'd done the, the Seven Emirates, seven hours trip that day. Put the car on the driveway and failed to do the thing that all Porsche owners should do, which is leave it in gear and Ah. not trust the handbrake. Um, Anyway, the car rolled down the driveway, across the road, into the side of the S-Type and wrote it off. Oh, Oh, wow. Um, Amazingly, the 993 still bears its scar. It's nothing but a tiny scratch on the rear left. So that rear wing went in just at the right point point, ruined the car. But yeah, quite embarrassing because it was a street full of petrol heads and um, my (laughs) car was in the middle of it, crushed into the side of this S-Type. Not cool. Audio. Yeah, not cool. That's Silly mistakes. Always reminds me. yeah, first gear. But then you then you let someone else drive your car and they start it up and it's in gear and then yes, you're exposing mm-hmm. yourself to all sorts of new problems.
3: Yes, there'll be a lot of people sat at home
0: going, yep, yeah, yeah, will yeah, <coughs> yeah, be there. I've, that. That.
3: I've stalled outside of c a couple of times. If you get into another car... That, peachy though. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. that's great when everyone's watching, particularly if there's something interesting that you go and get in or, you know, every now and again we're very lucky to um, to get given something different to to go for a little poodle in. Um, and then you get in there and uh, store it. That's (laughs) (laughs) That's always fun. Getting better. I'm learning to drive, (laughs) which is good.
0: We're we're, we're (laughs) all very proud. (laughs) of Exactly. (laughs) Um, Either of you, which... uh, Do you have a car that you really wish you hadn't sold?
4: Not really, because I own
3: them currently. Good. I I think I would... um, My others were very functional rather than things that I... Actually, no, I take that back. It
4: was... The punto, correct. No, uh,
3: the, I adored the E ninety two M three. Oh yeah, thoroughly yeah, lovely Um And it was just in Dubai, and it would have been too expensive and a faff and all that other sort of stuff. So it was yeah. a bit of a, a needs must situation to get rid of that one. But Phil and I were actually we speak about it regularly um, mm. that I think we would both have one of those again. Um, I would. Yeah, for sure. They were they were the business. Really enjoyed that. Awesome. And they're, they're, it's probably a good time to
0: buy them now because I think yeah. they're about to start skyrocket we, really we have a friend that's got a very that. clean lovely yeah. manual so that's a farmer probably. it's it a farmer yeah. Yeah. we're yeah. gonna talk about that farmer he's on, he's on my list of questions yeah. Oh, that's good. yeah
3: so we'll get there yeah it's
2: just wonderfully clean um, and i've never had a manual
3: one yeah. um, i've uh, driven a manual one so i'm a dct um, boy baby. though
2: i know they're gnarly but i, I the dcts in the 90s are good yes
0: yeah. it was a it was a good old G, uh, leap from the smg gearboxes i used to have an smg m3 and people used to just laugh at my face for it like into a smart car yeah it it is a bit donkey is the good (laughs) it's a bit donkey it's a whole new definition of that word um car you wish you hadn't sold phil
2: oh john there's so many it's annoying (laughs) i I kind of yeah i've always dreamt of having this massive hanger of all these really cool quirky cars that i just fell in love with over the years um i dearly miss i had a w124 500 um we called it the duchess it was just a thing um had a three five six A replica coupe in the okay. Middle East, that which I so absolutely cool. love to pieces, that but that amazing. had to go. Um, this bit, yeah, some cars loved and lost. I travelled around Australia when I graduated in a in a fifty eight coral red with an ivory side stripe, completely stock, thirty six horsepower Beetle. I wished I'd brought that back. Oh, wow. So yeah, little tiny things that have dotted along the way. No, no mega value stuff. Just fun um, and cool. I was, well, I suppose other than the one that saved the business, but never got in it never we never drove it um, for those that don't know there was a there was a big big jaguar um a carbon fiber jaguar that was bought many many moons ago um when no one wanted them. Mm-hmm. And then just at the right time, the market seemed to move just when we needed support to get Caffeine and Machine open. Um, so, yeah, that, that that sadly has gone. But I don't, I don't think I hark after vehicles like no. that. It's the quirky stuff that I miss.
0: Uh, was that Good the car tip. that arrived on a on the opening weekend in a trailer? Correct.
2: It did, yeah. That was the first time I'd seen it rolling in the flesh. And I think we'd owned it five years at the time. Wow. Uh, but yeah, like you it say, disappeared you know, that day, but it was, was just, just, just those too much. You enjoyed yeah, what you could have a good time in it. Yeah, there was, was something about like that it. three five six in the desert. You know, we could we mm. could turn right off the off the tarmac and disappear into the sand. And it it was just one of those mm-hmm. things. And you get out and look at it, and it looks like a three five six a. It's ace. Amazing. So yeah, those missed. Understandable, very understandable. Mm. Who's the better driver out of the two
3: of you? Uh, We're absolutely really Bob on. It's really. Oh yeah, you close are you? Well, yeah. not really. He's been very kind. No, Phil is really hurts me to say, but he's a significantly better driver oh. than I am. Um, Only but in, it won't stop me from trying.
2: It, well, it's not in road not in road circumstances. I think when it comes to driving, driving and feeling yeah. comfort, uh, yeah, you know, I, I always judge it on whether you can fall asleep next to someone as a passenger. That's
0: very true. I've said this, my good friend Tim Hutton, who I think you both have met. Mm-hmm. We've always said that we've done a lot of road trips together. It's the 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 the, tr- the true signs of a good driver or a good road trip companion is the ability to say everything and nothing. And fall asleep next yeah. to you. Yeah. It's very true. About two hours
2: of silence is quite wonderful. Absolutely. When you're, yeah.
3: And it not feel awkward. <coughs> yeah. yeah. No, and not just, break for you. Just, you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that as <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, sim- when it comes to tracks and and sim stuff,
2: he, he's way closer than he oh. intimates. Ask him how far away we were on the go-kart track. Hey, Dan, how far away were you on oh, the
3: track? It was sort of a couple of, couple of tents, wasn't yeah. it? Was it, was, it? Um, and we yeah. had
2: 25 minutes on our own. We weren't circulating together. And right at the end, we both banged in laps that were point two of a second off
3: each other. Penultimate lap, numero uno. Exactly I was like, it. Jesus, I wasn't expecting to have uh, managed to... Manage to I dropped the end the of the post. Q3, one minute to go. And here he comes in. Timed it. All guns blazing last minute. <laughs> last minute, lap Larry over here. And yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I was delighted. Yeah, we do get
2: quite competitive though, John. You know that. Everyone I do does, know that. Have. I have seen that. Um, well, that's... Uh, uh, it's good though. Competition's
3: healthy. It is very I, um, healthy. I'm a
2: big believer of it. Especially when you kind of giggle about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's when it gets really, really interesting.
0: I think competition is healthy, but also the fact that the two of you as individuals, I wouldn't necessarily, I think I said this to both of you in in the podcast that we recorded individually with you, you wouldn't necessarily put the two of you together as, what's that noise?
2: Can we just say that that's the boiler?
0: It's the boiler. Oh, it's the boiler. <laughs> it's sounding a lot like a toilet. A toilet. Yeah,
2: it sounds like some. but, chat it is, it there, but it's not. That.
0: Just to just to kind of set the scene for the listener, we are Someone's currently just sat. Their <laughs> <laughs> we are currently sat in uh, your office. Yeah, we? I know. Uh, which, was which was a bedroom. It was, it was once a upon a time a bedroom, yeah, uh, but no, no. we are in an office, um, and I've just noticed we're sat beside a big boiler, and that's what that gurgly toilet-sounding <laughs> noise was.
3: It's a real shame that <laughs> no one probably heard it, and now we just highlighting. Oh, no, I I heard, <laughs> did you?
0: I heard it in the headphones. Maybe we'll put yeah. a microphone on it later, so it's worth, it's
3: worth a listen, actually. i give it, it its own channel. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah. no, uh, the point I was getting, uh, getting to before uh, we were uh, interrupted by toilet noises <laughs> was the, the, the fact that the two of you, whilst, yeah, the competition is good, but also I think the other thing that's really good about the two of you is that you wouldn't necessarily put you both in the same category of personality. You're quite different people. Mm. And I think that has kind of been a credit to the business in the sense of there's definitely a very analytical brain and a very creative brain and the two have kind of merged perfectly to create what is now this huge success three years on and
3: i think that's uh, yeah. that, i, I that's think that's pretty really fair thing. and i think that that whole uh, again it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about a second ago with you know if you're sort of with someone who's a good driver or you feel comfortable um sort of with them it's when you're close with someone as a as a friend as a colleague as a whatever you know you're when we talk about competition it's it's good because you want the other person to do well as well. Yeah. It's not I want to be better than Phil. It's that I know he's really good. So if I do really well, I know I've done a really, you know a, a really good race or something on the sim or whatever we've been doing. Um, and I think that's why it's that's why it's quite fun because you're not doing it to the other person's detriment. You're no. doing it because you know if you can sort of com- compete with them, then uh, then you're doing a half decent job yourself. Um, yeah, we said before loads of times hmm. that. The, the business, and, and I think the two of us work well together because we are so different. Yeah. Um, if you had two of me, this place would be really dull. If you had two of Phil, God only knows how it would turn out. Um, so It would still be being a pop-up in the middle of yeah, wouldn't it? And, yeah. but that's what's fun about it. And, yeah. you know, we're both really open and, and very much acknowledge that that we need the other one for it to, to work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, that that is what is good. We had a, a really nice chat Monday just gone where we talked yeah. about... Um, okay. about the story of CNM and, you know, a few of the questions were around that, you know, it was as, as individuals and how we work together and what happens There's a great question about, you know, I was always told never go into business in even numbers, um, mm. you know, and what happens when you both disagree with things. And, you know, it's 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 a really interesting point, but, you know, only when we were answering that question literally on the spot, yeah. you know, you start to think of these things and actually, yeah, we've, we have disagreed in lots of things, but you disagree from a point where you you genuinely know that the other person has your best interest at heart so if someone turn, you know Phil turns around and says actually you know what yeah that's fine but I don't think it's a good idea mm-hmm. you take that seriously you know he's not just saying it because he thinks his idea is better whilst that might be true yeah. it's more because the reason he thinks his idea is better because actually for the benefit of the business right now he might think of something that I've not and and I know that him sort of kicking back at that isn't just because it's for a legitimate reason yeah. I think you know as, as a business relationship you kind of need that to be in place yeah. Um,
2: and we get to a pivot point as well, don't we? We'll, yeah. discuss, we'll discuss left and then mm-hmm. l- discussing left will we'll offer us a load of right options. So then we'll be like, well, what about those? And how does that feel versus the ones that we were just talking about on the left? And we get to a point where the decision's actually usually better than the one that was knee-jerked out mm-hmm. at the beginning. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we're yet yeah, to reiterate, very lucky that we have that. Um, and it's not just the, the completely different, very, very varying personalities, but both goal-driven and both have a desire to do something really, really cool. But there's, there's an age patch difference in there as well. And I think that makes, a, that makes a big play in all of this. And I think we work together so well because of all of it.
3: I do respect my elders.
2: And
1: I just, yeah. nicely done.
2: nicely <laughs> done. <laughs> but it, it, we're, we're very lucky that we've got that. And we've got a killer team. And, and an amazing fraternity of people around us that we can mm. bounce ideas off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and yes, we have the final say, but it's always been community pooled.
3: And I think it's quite it's it's important, you know, from our perspective, we're not too proud about things, yeah? and I think that's one thing that I actually really like about the way that Phil and I work, but also the team that you just mentioned. Mm. You know, we'll chuck ideas around the room, and whilst someone might suggest it, within a couple of minutes they might turn around and say, actually, I can see why that probably isn't a good suggestion, and that's yeah. fine, you know. And, and yeah. it's it's that idea of, you know, we, we really push for this idea that no one gets their you know back jumped on because they suggest something and it turns out not to be. We yeah. h- hate to say i told you so i really really despise it yeah um and you know we we make a point of trying things because we all as a team make a decision to go and do something and if it doesn't work then we all sort of take that on you know regardless of whose idea it was and I also think that's really important in a particularly in a small team where we're trying to guide this business and, and move it into to where we want it to be we have to take these risks and if we if we make it a difficult or a sort of pressurised environment to put ideas and suggestions forward, then you're never going to get the good ones. That's um, yeah. a good point. You know, and that's, that's important.
4: The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital.
3: Believe it or not,
0: I'm now at question one. Oh, 20, nice. 22 begin. minutes into the yeah. podcast, and I'm about to start asking very the list questions. That, you know. <laughs> yeah,
3: there's a story about But that's,
0: a, you yeah. Know, the, the idea was that, I, f- for the listeners that haven't met you in person, which there will be, a couple of hundred thousand and um, they're going to get to know you a little bit more and I think I think that's that's done quite a nice job cool. so um I, mean, I, I wrote these questions down this morning funnily enough because this is the, believe it or not well, you're listener, a bit like us this has been uh last uh, minute well it's <laughs> all been a bit last minute hasn't it we uh, uh the the celebration of the birthday this week and I thought well, why don't we do a podcast and um yeah usually I would be doing this with Amy and Andy, but of course they're they're both away so you're stuck with me um, that's a shame. and the <laughs> yes yeah, sorry about that so the, uh, the first question, I, when I wrote this down, I thought this was going to be quite an easy question. But now that uh, I reread it, I think actually it's quite, um, could oh, be quite in depth. A uh, I'm going to start this one with you, Phil, which is at the time of launching, crucially, um, how did the reality of CNM as it is now compare to the vision of what you hoped it would become
2: at the time of the early planning concept? If you look to your right, that's how I started it. Right and well, I'm now looking in at 1989 please don't refer to the brand cuz that connects you back to my horrible gilet that I've been wearing all day. <laughs> yeah. Um it's got awful. I uh, <laughs> yeah there was a uh, the reality of the situation was absolutely and utterly flabbergasted. I th- I wouldn't be lying if there wasn't an element of self-belief in there that we could get this going. Mm-hmm. Um I think yeah we had to have the self-belief to drive it forward.
3: You don't even start uh, something like this without that idea of that you need that conviction. Yeah, well, it was like, is it
2: no is it in. right? Have we done it right? Are we going to approach it right? We were conscious of all the things that would cause us problems, but we we embraced them at the beginning. You know, we, we let we let Phil roast a third of a tank in his drift car doing a yeah. burnout in the driveway, right? Yeah, we so there was all of these mistakes that we made. But I think, and again, it's testament to the way that Dan and I work, is again it, it became We've got we have to change. Mm -hmm. Um, So to answer your primary question, um, it absolutely knocked me for six that we shut before we opened. And it knocked me for six as I was leaving to go home to still see cars coming this way. Yeah. Um, And it was raining. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And then it knocked me for six on the Monday morning because the biggest thing that Dan and I were fearful of is everyone would expect it to be an event. Yeah. Not a living, breathing thing that was going to be open up the next morning. But, you know, lo and behold. And that was,
0: that is something that we did... We talked about in our podcast that we Mm. recorded with you before, Phil. Was that, yes, on that opening weekend three years ago, there was a discussion. In fact, there was a, I I was just talking with um, Mr. McGovern senior, Alan, your dad, um, whose birthday it is today at the time of recording. Happy Mm -hmm. birthday, Mm -hmm. Alan. We we know we'll be listening. Um, Alan and I were, were staking out the upper field in the event measuring out car parking spaces mm. with bits of rope and a tape measure yeah, we were. just in case too many cars turned up yeah. Yeah. and i think we said didn't we that the opening uh, the, the gates would open at 12 midday mm-hmm. And at that point, we'd start letting cars in. And what was it? Quarter past nine, we were full.
2: No, it was. Um, quarter, um, we past shot, we f- yeah, quarter past people nine, were, they were there. Yeah, quarter past nine, they were there. We formally shut the gate at quarter to two midday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had to then let everybody who drove past know that they sadly couldn't make it in, which was devastating. Which is horrible. It's yeah. been a consistent thing people that, that irks traveled. us the entire time is that having to say no. Even today, people are messaging saying, "Can they come to the evening tonight?"
4: Yeah.
2: Or I'm on the waiting list. When might I know? It's like, I'm so sorry. No, mm. indeed. I, I don't think the waiting list is going to clear. It hurts actually.
3: it's tricky but again it goes back to the changes that phil mentioned before you know we've had to make so many changes and react to sort of situations that we found ourselves in and the alternative to having this waiting list at least you know it's into the three figures of of people that are on the waiting list for tonight Um, and at least they know that they need to get in the car and risk a yes hour two hour journey each way to potentially get turned away and As difficult as it is, and Phil and I will always say that we want so many people to enjoy, we we hate the idea of someone who desperately wants to come and visit the site is unable to do so. Mm -hmm. But better that than be really annoyed after a two-hour trip down to get told that it's full. Yeah, Um, of course. (coughs) And again, these are just the things that we've had to try and um, react to make make better, Um, you know, and and how we streamline the process and, and make it more. Um, user-friendly I guess. Got you.
0: <laughs> My follow-up question to that was um, and now three years into being a premises how different is the reality from the original vision? I, I guess you both kind of answered that by yeah. talking about those you know, having to adapt as you say it's yeah it's been a constant evolvement of people and planning mm. and ideas and and also just to pay reference so Phil there was st- a
2: global pandemic in the middle as well which changed it all. We'll get to that yeah. as well
0: because that that is featured but yeah the, Phil referenced um, a picture from the original vision I'm looking at uh, is it made from cardboard <laughs> I've <obviously, laughs> toilet, toilet roll yes, toilet kitchen rolls roll cardboard <laughs> um, cardboard boxes yeah um, ultimately looking like a venue where you might park cars outside yeah. and it's got written on it Malaysia 1989 I'm guessing yeah, that's so, when you created that
2: yeah so I was um I was living over there my my parents had gone over there my dad had gone there to work um, and I did 18 months over there and yeah it was only child syndrome right and I was absolutely mad keen in cars and this was uh, in the little green patch that sits behind the car park and then the subsequent apartments that we lived in, um, in a place called Bangsa Putri. And, yeah, I just made that because it was just, that was what I was trying to go for at the time, and I think I've always been trying to achieve that. And then when I walked into Cafe Ride, I was like, crikey, someone's actually done it. Um, Yeah. So there you go. And that shows the age gap, because I I was sat on the grass doing that before Dan was born.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a very smug smile on Dad's face right now. <laughs> well, it is true. <laughs> um, so neither of you, before this venture, as far as I'm aware, had any experience running a hospitality business. Am I right in saying Mate, that? I poured a pint when I was 18. Okay, I could wash a mean pot. My
3: first job was a KP. <laughs> KP. But that was as far got as you. I yeah, okay.
0: we were both KPs as
2: kids, and that was it. Mm. So, so
0: neither of you have had a, a, a direct, you know, um, been a director or, or run a business of this style before. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say has been the, uh, or caused the biggest
3: learning curve in the past three years of running this? People My life. I mean, there are, there are so many. To be honest, that's one of the reasons why I, I literally adore it, is mm. that I... Every day is a school I just day, love it? learning new stuff yeah. um, from really boring things like the treatment of VAT on parking spaces or display plants, which are two very, you know, yeah. weird stuff. Yeah, For me, as, as someone who's trying to help grow this business to be sort of as as perfect as we can make it those little details are really important so every day when i learn new things about new stuff um i get a real kick out of that um the biggest thing we were told a long time ago weren't we about the sooner we can get out of the operational running of the business yeah every the, day we were here add a
2: month to the growth pattern was wow. this arbitrary number that yeah. was thrown out
3: wasn't it it's it's really true um i'm not sure it's quite as severe as maybe no. that sort of initial no. analogy was was sort of portrayed but the the sooner we could get out of making coffee, uh-huh. the the better we could actually focus on putting the structure in place, you know, and even just things like the role of an HR function in a business yeah. is so mammoth and it's so important from contracts to appraisals to probation, period. all these things, which at the beginning was, it was me and Phil mm-hmm. just trying to Piece wing it, it yeah. you know, it, it, with, with the greatest intentions, you know, we looked after everybody as best we could, but it's all of these things. It, there's a lot that you take for granted, particularly when you've come from sort of a, a corporate background where yeah. it's all done for you. Um, yeah, you know, I think getting getting some structure in place would be the biggest learning f- from day one. But looking back at it, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily have changed anything because we didn't know what the structure needed to be. No, of course. You know, we opened with five or six staff. We've got 74 now. Yeah, like it's hard to plan for that when you're really not expecting it. Mm. Um, so again, we've said loads of times that we've had to change due to the circumstance we found ourselves mm. in. That that was a, a classic. We used to mow the lawn. We did use to <laughs> mow. The lawn. That was really fun actually. It was one of my highlights of the week.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just get away Eight hours the on a mower gone.
3: <laughs> now you said people as a
0: as
2: a oh significant relative. Yeah, yeah, question. yeah. And I I don't know whether that's just because of my character. I'm 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 a bit quirky and a bit weird, and I struggle with with that side of my personality a little bit. And having having to work with such a significant crew of people and make sure that they all believed in the same goal and kind of not get upset when they needed help to get to that point of understanding what the goal was. Yeah. I suppose that's something that I I struggle with a little bit. I, sometimes I believe that if it's said it's done Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not. Um, And that, that's a big, that's a big piece that I've had to, to get my head around. And I, I think it's so significant, especially with mental health impacts. So many things that I was never exposed to um in the in the in the 15 years I was living in the middle east it just it never came to fruition it was never spoken about it was never seen as an issue it's so significant to productivity it's incredible um so yeah that's probably the hardest element of this so far
0: got you mm. you mentioned staff numbers mm. um which is actually one of my uh was my next question which yeah. is um, when you opened you, did you say you had five members of staff? Something
2: like
3: that. Yeah. Five, five like full-time, five, five myself us. and
2: Dan, and then se- and seven we could to 14 in. people that John Mark R. included hustling the, <laughs> hustling the gate <laughs> hustling for guests the us. car park, yeah. Even Phil, who's, like who's in tonight. Phil was marshalled on that day, if I remember rightly. I'm sure i got a photo of him wearing No, that's anything. absolutely right.
0: Yeah, so myself, um, Al, Clark. Al, Clark, Al Clark, the whole of the Driftworks community yeah effectively we we all wanted to turn up because we wanted to see this place succeed and at the point that suddenly 100 cars are all trying to enter the gate at the same time it, we will just spring into action of right these are our friends and we need yeah. to help something so, needs to happen Needs to happen now
2: yeah and that's you know that's the reason when when dan and i spoke about this birthday week celebration it was like driftworks has to be part of this because yeah. you were there to help us get through day one um but yeah i think it was it was five five plus two so seven that were sat there on the monday morning incredible yeah, it was, it was and very honestly.
0: silly it's bringing very that silly. into modern uh to today's standard how many do you say you got 74? 74 74 yeah.
3: 75 something that's like a that. lot of people yeah. yeah and don't get me wrong they're not all full time but there's, no. there's a lot breaching of, 50, there's a lot of in, it? yeah it yeah, probably head. is i mean each day theoretically has got sort of three full-time shifts in it yeah you know we we open it well the guys are getting the place ready between half seven and eight in the morning and they're closing up sometimes gone midnight, gone midnight yeah. you know and there's at times sort of 20 Twenty-five members of staff at the real busy times in the evening. Amazing. So you know that's just one of the shifts during the day, and yeah. there's yeah. And that would be really the front hard. of house
2: and the F and B and the marshalling, and then there's 10, 11 upstairs in the so in, just in, in our, the our events office and the now. Marketing and you know, yeah, helping the yeah. business
3: administration. There's 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 a lot that goes to it. Um, you know, much much more than sort of a, a few coffees and a few burgers. Yeah, we've got the emporium and all the online stuff that we we sell and Pick it, all pack pack these picking and packing and collect the clothes, do this, um, do that. Yeah, yeah. it's
2: significant and a wickedly diverse crew as well Which as you know really fun. Yeah, for that's everybody true. else they see them in the yard but yeah it's amazing
0: it is and yeah i don't know i don't know what it is whether it's the venue or it's you guys but you've managed to attract from and i've seen a you know a, a really solid turnover of, of staff in the years and there are some that have been here for a really long time mm. and some that have come and gone as part-time students and you just seem to attract the most amazing people mm. all every single member of staff that i've ever encountered and spoken to and got to know here have Mm. all been incredible people really lovely genuine people and i'm guessing that's credit to the both of you and you often
3: i'd like to take that but i I don't (laughs) know if that's the case that that would be very good of you but they they, i think they're they're attracted to the business they're attracted Mm. to the fact that it's something different and that they want to hopefully be a part of something that has the potential to to be really quite cool yeah um they they are an amazing team. They're a really really good bunch. Um, you know they work so hard and do so with a smile on their face. Yeah, um, and I think you know that's as much down to to the we we do have a lot of people that apply for jobs. Um, you know it, it's the the guys sort of recruitment process is is pretty vigorous. You know you yeah. kind of baptism a fire with a three hour trial shift when you when you land to see if you can deal with the busy busy times and you know if it's one of those you can't really turn up to to a shift like that on a Saturday afternoon when it is really hitting the okay. fan, you either laugh about it and bust your bits to get through it. <laughs> yeah. Or it is a real flight moment. You think, actually, no, this just isn't for me. And, and that's fine. But it kind of, at that point, it makes it quite clear. And those that, that stick around and, and sort of enjoy the ride with us, um, they're sort of in for the long haul, which is, yeah, it's yeah. flattering, but they're, they're amazing. They're really good. Awesome.
0: The We touched on this earlier, but it's also... <laughs> led into my conveniently my next question which is um how difficult has it been to pass on management duties to others because of course being such a personal creation um Bad. i can't imagine it's been that easy to hand over creative control and it's i say really this as question. well i mean that we're all laughing in here because of course i remember it because <laughs>
2: it's so true yeah
0: well the answer um, um yeah, but yeah important. i mean we I, I i can recall back to the, the first few months of operation and Of course, when it's your business, you want it to just be exactly how you imagined it Mm -hmm. to be. And and you want to, however silly it might be, like, oh, the window's not quite as clean as I want it to be, so I'll clean it myself. And loads of really, really little things like that. You've got to the point now where you have got operational management team in place that Mm -hmm. are taking on that burden. But yeah, talk me through that process. How hard has that been? It's yeah, it's so
2: true. It hasn't the, happened on my side at all yet, has yeah,
3: it? Yeah, <laughs> no, to be fair, probably, you know, operationally wise, it is It is that. You know, the, the example you gave about the window mm. is I could I could think of 50 of those exact examples. Yeah. Things like it was brass on the door, handle. yeah, door handles, yeah, door handles, you know, soap the on the floor. Glass, the bar, whether the soap dispensers need filling. And there'll Chips be so in many instances where it, it wouldn't be could someone just, yeah. it would be, right, I'll go and get the key to the cleaning cupboard so I can fill up the soap and the paper towels. Yeah. You know. But that's because it was a needs-must situation. We didn't have the people there. And frankly, it was easier and quicker just to do it yeah. than it was to go and find someone to, to ask yeah. them to do it. And I think there's two sides. And again, we mentioned this on, I think it was on, on Monday as well when we were chatting through the story. I think there's a lot to be said by sort of two people well, and, and the, the whole team around us, but certainly for Phil and I, we're trying to create this thing. We're more than happy to do the, the grotty jobs. We're more than happy to clean the toilets at the end of the night. And Ooh, I think pipes. because we did it. You yeah, know, the amount of times we've been, you know, literally with with sewage rods, unlogging <laughs> really? un- stuff. Yeah. Wow. So the, the two business of could but keep going. It's better us, we do it because it's the least pleasant job in the site. Everyone else can carry on doing the operation. Yeah. But also it it does you know, we aren't here just to sort of sit back and not do a great deal. We we are prepared to do the the not so pleasant bits and pieces. Um and I think that sort of adds a bit of credence to the team as well. They they know that you're you're working with them yeah. rather than sort of just dishing out orders. Yeah. And True. But in um, terms
2: of in terms of a layer structure, it's probably worth explaining that there is there is a head of operations, there is a GM for this particular business. She has a GM reporting to her. Mm-hmm. There's HR functions, marketing manager, there's a retail manager, we've got an events team. So there is a bunch of people that operationally keep this thing absolutely mm-hmm. on top of what we want it to be. Yeah. consistent that.
3: It, it was you know it was it, us. The, the two of us with again like I say with a, a very close close Tight. group of, of people yeah. that oh. that would sort of pull it together but yeah it's um it's just yeah not possible to, to carry on doing that now and also there's loads of other things that we want to try and do with this yeah. business not least you know grow absolutely um, but then there
2: is an item that we haven't let go of yet and I, I think it's probably hyper important that we don't let go of it if well I, I think we can loosen our grip on it but in terms of ensuring that it looks right feels right, is documented right, is communicated right, um, even down to the silliness of the fact that Dan and I spend loads of time reviewing the colours of the clothes and making sure the stickers feel right yeah, um, and making sure that the bedrooms are prepared right and eating the M&Ms that we've got with M written mm-hmm. on them. All those silly Keeps things, you know. Mm. Um, constantly trying the food, making sure that everything's... So that we can feed it back in. Because I think as a... We kind of run it a little bit like a Formula One team, don't we? It's quite a sharp isosceles triangle with the decision makers at the top. And... It comes to the top, and we make the call, and then it just gets straight back down again. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't get stalled out in a room of twenty people. It's yes, no, I'm on the fence. Let's go with that then. Yeah, Um, very simple decision making. But we control it as as much as we can in that realm—the creative and the visual and the brand. Mm -hmm. I think ops-wise, that's that's so good. Yeah, Um, like the most admirable of jobs. But I think the 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 crucial
0: thing to point out, and funnily enough, I was having this conversation with one of your neighbours downstairs before we started recording and she was asking about the, or or talking, commenting about the fact that this is such a recognised brand all over the world. Right now, and we'll get to the expansion bit in in a little bit, but right now you have one venue and it is a brand that is, for the vast majority of people, is known about because of this one venue here in the world. And everyone that comes along to this venue and what they see and what they're breathing and living and experiencing, ultimately, it is the inner creativity of the your two brains yeah they are seeing what you have imagined what you have envisaged and what you want to continue running we
2: entirely. fight we fight we fight for it daily john and, and and we fight for it for the right reasons and we're very proud of it and we're very kind of pragmatic to people when they when they call us up we get we get many requests for many collabs many requests for many kind of branded affiliations mm-hmm. um and dan and i generally very respectfully bow our heads and walk in, and and back out yeah um because it's it's very difficult for us to craft this thing in the manner that we want it, with noise. Um, and we don't mean to be rude, and it's 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 nothing more than this is where we want to go with our thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to come and be part of it, come and be part of it. Driven is absolutely an, a working example of that. Um, you have to protect it, like Completely. fiercely protect it. And
3: I think it's tricky as well, because you know people are very um, uh, forthright with opinion. <clears throat> people yeah. will, will happily tell you what they think about the business. The amount of times, and it's it's all received, all taken very much in the manner it's it's given. But you know, we do get a lot of. You know, I'd make this really good, don't you? It's so oh, like, yeah, 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 regularly, and and you know, and it, it's hugely flattering that people care enough to want to tell us. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of the times I don't claim to have, have thought of all of them, but more often than not, we've we've mulled it over many many times um, because we it. It absolutely encapsulates Phil and I's life and a lot of the team. You know, oh. we it is twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, where we are not if we're not doing something, certainly thinking about this this place. It's yeah. completely consuming. Mm. Um, but it's difficult not to necessarily let those opinions sway too much on. And I'm actually probably more guilty of this than Phil, and this is where he's quite good at turning around and saying, "Yeah, that's fine," but how many people have told you about that? Uh-huh. Well, one, but it was a really good point yeah okay well, what about the other you know 600 people that were in on saturday did they ask you about it okay fine you know yeah. and, and it's these things that are actually really important and this is why it's good to have you know sort of someone else to, to bounce these things off because otherwise you might jump to reaction now it's tricky sometimes when you might necessarily personally agree with that opinion of course. and that's when it sort yeah. of adds your own you actually you know they're right they're, yeah. they're absolutely correct in what they say we should try and fix that now yeah Mm. does it need to be fixed now no it doesn't um you know you're just trying to make it perfect it's back to that whole point of well the window needs polishing so i'll do it myself yeah this yeah. person's raised something and i agree with them so let's fix it right now actually that there as it gets bigger it's not as easy to do that no nor as important Got
2: you. and also a lot of these requests and a lot of these suggestions come with a financial ticket attached to them that yeah. is there's, there's a belief mechanism that you know trees disperse money but they kind of don't Um, you you have you have to make it all work there has to be a feasibility layer and it was something that we learned from um from agency land Mm -hmm. when you were coming up with creatives if you if if you can't do it there's absolutely no point in talking about it
1: yeah
2: um you know you have to make sure that it's it's doable it's replicatable and it's functional Mm -hmm. and then yes then we can start making it look cool and feel cool got you now, we mentioned a certain farmer
0: with a um, mm-hmm. E90 M3. And, and a plethora of other machinery. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was going to refer to Davey on the, the whole, let's, you know, dirty window, let's get it done. Do you remember when we used to stand out on the road with Davey and the yeah, big broom the on the front of his tractor? We were cleaning the A422 in the morning.
3: Yeah, to six. <laughs> I remember doing it. I remember stood there got a wicked picture. Because we
2: somewhere. were so nervous about the amount of mud that we trawled out or the car yeah. park muck that had gone out onto the road that we were cleaning the road because yeah. Stra- yeah, the district council wouldn't come down here and clean it. it very bizarre. He's a hero. He is a hero, and um, <laughs> so the
0: the question, as I've written it, is, um, and I think we covered this in our chat, Phil, you and I. Um, so since opening, you have had some amazing support from the local community, from the likes of farmer David Jones, yeah. who will be listening. Hello, David, um, and uh, and business owners, you know, lovely Geraldine from Goldicott, and you know, many other.
2: If we're talking about villages. David, can we just say hi to Lily B? Lily be? Yeah, say hi to everyone because yeah. Lily Bee has been we'll carving our great. pumpkins. Yes,
3: yeah, she has. She's been doing the pumpkins. Oh. Um, her and Vanessa came down, and we've uh, we've got a, an army with Kate and, and Emily Ralph and Charlie as well. Brilliant! They, they so your kids, kids, youngsters, yeah. small hands, we're making make, the, yeah, getting involved the pumpkins. So we're all ready for the weekend coming. Of course, um, there is literally there must be what sixty. Yeah. It's, it's oh, really, a little, yeah. there's a lot of pumpkins. Where did you um, buy 60 pumpkins from? Uh, funny, we know this guy called David Jones. He happens he to he grow pumpkins. pumpkins, he doesn't grow them all oh, right. Yeah. Funny enough, he knows a guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, he literally turned up with a, a flatbed full of pumpkins. <laughs> oh, amazing! Um, yeah, he's literally he's just yeah, such a legend. Perfect. So, um,
0: let's talk, yeah, those those legends. So, people Rock like all David. A lot of interesting people, yeah. I mean, just the it's, people that have, have really helped out because, of course, it's. And we'll, you know, the next question, just to kind of lead onto it, is is also, it hasn't all been easy when it comes to the local community. Some people have really yeah, so. been up in arms and thought that, you know, every, suddenly every single noisy car that's driven down the FOSS, that have been driving down the FOSS for the past 80 years, mm-hmm. uh, are now coming here. We did it. And it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess in, in the contrast of both the positive and the negatives, it would mm-hmm. be interesting to see how that, how that, how has that experience been for you? Because, again... It can be so easy as an onlooker to just go oh you know why does it matter if i rip out the car park in my straight piped v10 audi r8 it shouldn't mm. matter it's what people want to hear yeah. and yes okay that's going to sound good but the neighbours don't want to hear it no. and neither do the people in ettington or barford or warwick mm. or the m40 is driving mm. back towards london how has that experience been and, and are there any names that do jump out as those kind of local heroes
2: Th- and th- they they, they go from they go from they go from the police force members of the police force um, and yeah. there's there's numerous layers within there but there's there's a few that jump out as consistent supporters that sit alongside us um into the council yeah. we can probably name check Quentin because he he helped he, yeah, get yeah. us well through the door I love you as well yeah. and he's um, just been mega he's been really so Quentin with Wilson it. was super um
3: you run yeah. the risk of missing several yeah, people yeah we don't like, want to uh, yeah, do yeah, is, is miss mindful of Yeah, that, because we, there have been so many people that have been so incredibly supportive um it's
2: just it also took the time to bridge the relationships and I think that's what most people fail is that and this is this is Dan here I'm gonna stop him before he says anything but if if a a complaint came in Dan didn't sit on it and let it burble yeah like Dan would go and either sit right in front of the person and say talk to me and I'm gonna give you my story back and hopefully we'll meet on middle grounds or he'd phone them up or he'd go and spend four hours sat in a I was about to council say that meeting
0: or attended many a you know hour after
2: hour after so hour, many. yeah.
3: And they're really boring, <laughs> really, really boring. <laughs> um, but it's, but you go there because you know you want to be there. It's not even necessarily to be seen to do the right thing, mm. it's so that you're genuinely on hand when someone says the traffic in the village has been really loud and, and it may well have been and at no point have I ever turned around and said that we aren't responsible for an increase in, in number of cars to the area because we don't have a footpath, we don't have a bus stop, we don't have a cycle lane. Yes, people can ride if they wanted to but at the end of the day, if you want to come and visit our business, whether we were a yoga retreat, a vegan restaurant or built for petrol heads, mm-hmm. you have to drive here or yeah. if you don't, you have to walk along a very treacherous road which we yeah. encourage people not to do. Mm-hmm. So, all of those things regardless of what the business is it will attract people now it's difficult for rural villages because they don't want people traveling through their village Uh it's a really difficult one because i don't don't have a solution to it but in the same way if they wanted to go to wherever to the barriset barn Mm. to dalesford they have to travel through villages to get there yeah so why is this any different so it, it it became very difficult, particularly when we did things like we obviously wanted to extend our license. So we had a, a license for the physical building. We wanted oh. to be able to serve alcohol outside in the TP that we've got. Um, to do that, we had to put an application in, which can draw representations from the public, of which I think we had forty-two or forty-three, something like that, individual right. representations, which is a, a lot for an yeah. <laughs> application. Um, we then go and sit in a four and a half hour licensing review panel committee meeting, where we put our, you know, point across and we explain, you know. How we're not trying to create a festival on their doorstep and no. we're not trying to you know have a drift circuit in the back field it's all perfectly you know innocent really it, oh. and and it is you know we've said so many times that we're not here to ruffle feathers it, it's dead true it's, and it's really difficult when you have to sit there and listen to people applaud and cheer yeah. it was bizarre it was like some sort of weird court hearing where people would read their representations about how you know, it's very difficult when I'm trying to do my gardening and loud cars leave caffeine machine and then you've got people like applauding <laughs> and like standing up and like hollering and it's it's it was yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Really bizarre. But to have that sort of adverse emotion geared yeah. towards you was really it was it was quite um it was quite difficult really. I, I hate it. I mean I hate confrontation anyway. Of course. I'm not necessarily shy of it in the sense that I think am more than happy to stand my ground. But I don't I don't enjoy it when you're trying so hard to make it right, and I think that's always been my biggest difficulty. Is you spend so, can't really tell you how many hours that Phil and I spend with the team trying to read, you know, complaints or frustrations or mm-hmm. feedback or write emails to people that had their property damaged by someone driving through who apparently came to or from Caffeine and Machine, right? All of a sudden, that becomes our responsibility so we have to be careful we never just ignore it we always do something about it and it 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 takes so much time um and i think when you know as we do how much we put into trying to do the right thing it it does it does hurt when you hear someone say you guys just don't even care and you think oh you have no idea how much we care you just think we don't because you've not happened to see the hours of stuff that we we do in the background and that's difficult, and I think that's running a business generally, particularly one yeah, that has found itself in the eye of, of quite a few people, particularly in the local area. You kind of just have to get over that, and you know, we've had a lot of advice. Quentin was was the same one. Is like, yeah. you know, you try and please everybody, you'll end up pleasing nobody. So yeah. you have to try and um, I find have that balance.
0: I very kind of bittersweet memories of of you Phil with a, a speed radar gun in your hand. Oh no, you one, wanted yeah. to go and just show the local community that. Look, we're, we're not here to encourage people to drive fast. We are going to keep a, keep a track. Now, for anyone that's listening from outside the UK, this, this might sound confusing, but here in the UK, we have this bizarre, yet yeah, slightly brilliant uh, operation where we, as locals, can apply to assist in the local authorities to do speed watch yeah. campaigns. Following a very suitable gun. training. Suit, yeah, yeah it was yeah. strict. Day's strict.
2: Course. Yeah, so we, did, we both did our course. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire, whos uh, who's been with us since very, very early on, also joined us. And we went out onto the street and tried to collect data. It was all a data exercise. It's always been a data exercise.
0: And this isn't, so just, and again, just for people (coughs) to get a full understanding of it, this isn't Phil and Dan go out and catch you with a speed gun and then send you a fine. No, you get a letter. What happens is you get a letter to say, you've been seen by a community going quite fast through our village. Please slow down. Please stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's that's very British. Now, you documented that on social media, which I thought was fantastic because Mm -hmm. it showed your local. Neighbours, your community, look, we're here to encourage people to drive sensibly. We don't want people ripping through your village or, you know,
3: roaring through at 100 miles an hour.
0: And I got hate mail. And my God, the hate <laughs> that you got on That's social media. Funcus.
3: But again, it's one of those that... It, and your point is a really good one, is that, it? one, the worst you get is a strongly worded letter. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to the police, but they, they can't do anything because a police officer needs to see you to yeah. be able to issue any sort of um, proceedings. But we were stood outside a school in a rural village where kids play dogs run out things Mm -hmm. are just it's a very sort of quintessential British village yeah why should you be allowed? you know my view is why should you be allowed to drive through at at 50 miles an hour while kids are trying to play in the street Mm -hmm. Uh, apart from the fact it is just wrong we were trying to protect uh, a a local village very very near to us but also to just raise awareness for the fact that people are driving too quick now
1: uh-huh. The hate this that came off the
3: back of it was, yeah, it was really significant. Mm. But the people that were actually caught.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
3: We don't know the exact amounts, but the vast majority genuinely were either faces you recognised or you could see the cars turn off into the roads. Yeah. Following, and I'm not saying that they were all related to anything. Well the sentiment this of it. Yeah, but there was a lot of local people that get caught because yeah. if you know the roads, you tend to drive faster. Yeah, because you feel like you, you know, you do it all the time, so it becomes second nature. So it wasn't, wasn't people going to and from cnn It was no sort of general general lived in the traffic. Oh, this places. is either way, but yeah, sure st- often.
2: Than not. St- yeah, and yeah, and those that were local
3: did come here once in a while.
2: But I think it, it proves. I think
3: if anyone was to go and speak to the guys that did speed watch, they would be very happy to to, to, to support say that. Yeah, yeah. and
2: there. There was a time, actually, there was there was a time when we st- stood out there on a weekend on that bend in the middle of the town where normally we'd get 30, 35 people on a list over mm. a period of an hour and a half, shockingly. On that one Saturday, nothing.
3: Yeah, I, in fact, it was a Sunday afternoon. I remember it vividly nothing. because I remember I remember saying to you, we could, let's see how we go because yeah. we were absolutely chocker busy. We yeah. were really busy.
2: We called it and left, actually. Yeah. It was, it was that there was tiring. There nothing there. we got
3: two. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was bizarre you are but yeah lots of lots of support a few people that get a bit difficult with it um and i should probably imagine they're the ones that take an awful lot of time to deal with it's always the the problems that are time consuming yeah
0: the ones that get disturbed mowing their lawn
3: correct yeah
0: yeah um we mentioned that horrible word pandemic a while ago um so it'd be crazy to not mention it now as a for all businesses, I mean, unless you were making PPE or medical yeah. supplies, it was pretty, selling cars or selling cars. It was a pretty hard time, um, and for the hospitality sector, I mean, I can speak with authority on this. I, I walked away from a company mm. um, in the hospitality sector because it just it was failing, and I think for a lot of pubs, bars, uh, restaurants, it was it was the most testing time mm. by by far. Um, talk me through how it was for you guys and of course being a, such a new business there wasn't necessarily as much support for new businesses as there were for businesses that had been established for quite a long time and were there
3: times where you thought do you know what we actually might not pull through uh, yeah numerous times yeah over and over again particularly towards the end yeah sort of that latter part of your question is that you know as, as we got to sort of february we were genuinely well we had to put money back into the business at that yeah. stage and by that was you know through the help of, of alan phil's dad i think i had to put went back into well, I mean, I live out my overdraft for however long anyway oh. just because for a good chunk of the, the time Phil and I funded ourselves um, before we took a, a salary again as the directors and the people that are responsible for running the business you're the first to get the cuts when things go because the last thing you want to do is, is not pay your staff yeah but between Phil and I and what is quite a difficult conversation alright well should we cut back to X because oh. it will mean that the business can survive yeah. yeah fine you've still got furlough but as it was sort of progressing through um there was still quite a lot that particularly in the the second and subsequent third lockdown as they started to bring it back and then employers pension contribution Mm. needed to be done employers nic's uh, needed to be paid you know there starts to become an ongoing cost of the business there yeah um even though you're getting nothing from it because obviously people are are furloughed but you still have to pay uh, albeit a small proportion but you know there's four figures each month that you have to try and find from somewhere yeah um but yeah, it was just, I mean, I said it before, that this place is, it's made to be busy. Yeah, um, it was, it's, it's, it was so strange. Eerie. Yeah, really it was, bizarre. it was really weird.
2: And we were running in and out and picking and packing stock from yeah. our mega supportive community that did keep us alive. I mean, you know, those four-figure sums were coming in in the shape of stickers and t-shirts and they were flying all around the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, but it was, it was so strange coming in, all barricaded off, absolute silence, and yeah. um,
3: Got photos. I mean, with tables across the front of the drive, just to stop people from coming in, just yeah. to see if we're open. And, and that was the other thing that was just bonkers: is that you'd have people in like May and June, you know, we're in Out full about. country lockdown, yeah. just saying, "Are you guys open?" Yeah. It's like, where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> yeah But we
2: did get some amazing ones. We got a letter through the door from someone with thirty quid, didn't we? um And I think the letter read that I'm so sad that I'm not here to be able to give you this because I would normally come sit, have lunch, and have a couple of drinks. Um Good luck. Yeah some hope, of the gestures were work, really working on the other side.
3: Really incredible loads of people bought gift vouchers and just things amazing. like that. just just ways to support. Yeah. Um, and again it's just hugely humbling and it makes you realize that you've got something that people want to keep. Um, which is yeah which is just amazing.
4: The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital.
2: But safe to say it was an absolute nightmare it was, sc- was it? there was, was there were scary horrible. elements to it and yeah. and we had our weirdest bit in that whole kind of like no get into business as a twosome that was probably yeah. the hardest bit to go through and talk about the reality of what we were trying to achieve um, and what we needed to do and the other thing that was really upsetting is because we had no money and nothing ever happened we wouldn't be able to reopen in a better vein than we did when we shut yeah of of course. And when we shut we were in the dead of winter and it all felt horrible and we weren't we weren't Doing very well then because the government was saying don't go out, but they were providing no support to anyone that was trading. Yeah, so it felt like we got drained all the way to reserve mm. just before we closed, and then how do you reboot? Like how do you buy stock? Like, Where do you get yeah. your cups from? Where do you get your chicken from to sell your burgers and your meat and your buns? All of a sudden that started to ramp up as an oddity, didn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. But so many people came to aid right at the end as well, which was good.
0: Yeah, yeah it's amazing to hear. I mean, yeah, again, it, it it harks back to our last my last question, which was about the difficulties in the local community and sometimes as so many of us learned throughout the pandemic that whilst it was such a struggle for a lot of people it really was a bit of an eye-opener for just how good people can be at the same time and how supportive they can be of a local business um so i mean obviously we're delighted that uh that you pulled through we're we're still here we're sat here with a noisy boiler
3: and uh yeah i think it's one of those on that note that, that phil said is that it's one thing when you're making decisions um on behalf of you know if phil and i decide something and then you know phil and i can live with that mm. but when you're impacting for furlough we had 43 um people on furlough and we're making decisions that are impacting every people one. in them their families their ability to pay their mortgage and their bills yeah, of course um and that that's what's really difficult you know as Sort of directors you you take that responsibility anyway in the normal course of business and you know you have to back yourself that you're going to try and develop a business that can support these people and if anything grow that that employee um, sort of base if you like and and create this wicked team of people that can have a good career and, and enjoy life off the back of the, the, the work that we do when you're faced with something like a pandemic which is so out of the ordinary and so unexpected, it's incredibly difficult to try and make those decisions when you simply don't have anything to reference. You don't have a of base course. point of well, what did the last pandemic yeah. look? Like? You know, yeah. Uh, when when is it going to end? Yeah, exactly. When is it so all going to be okay again? Exactly. How long will furlough last? Yeah. 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 Are we yeah. going to be in a position to do this for a long time? People are saying, you know, well, what happens when we open? Are we going to open in July or August? And we simply didn't have any answers. Yeah. But to try and provide some reassurance to people was was incredibly difficult mm. because we just we just didn't know and it's was. Um, I think that's the other thing is that you you become starkly aware that the the decisions you make, um, albeit your hand was forced, very much affect a lot of other people, um, more so than just yourself.
2: Well, the biggest biggest one, the hardest one that we went through was that bridge gap between normal wage payroll day and the furlough period kicking in was about a two-week variance, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Dan and I debated this for hours and hours and hours, and Dan was vehement that no one should feel a ripple of what the government were doing, what we were forced in to do, because mm-hmm. mm. we didn't want forty-three people all missing their ability to pay off their credit cards, pay their mortgage, yeah, pay their course. rent, pay school. It was
3: a timing thing, so we knew the money would come, but we we had this two-week gap where we didn't have the money to be able to pay it. Yeah, um, and it was it was yeah. a it was an Alan McGovern that was to the a restaurant. bridge, yeah, to the rescue. The, like, um, how can we keep this bridge so no one feels
2: it? Because once it had kicks off, she goes right. It was a monthly mm. thing, but it was that little tiny thing in the impasse where. And they're they're big, big decisions.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was incredibly satisfying getting to the other side and bringing everyone back and giving them all a job and it was, um, yeah, it was wicked. Yeah. Amazing. Uh,
0: Now, besides um getting people to understand the importance of reverse parking
3: <laughs> what has been your biggest challenge how can in the past you still years? <laughs> if you don't write it on a brick wall in big white letters back it up back it in how else do you make people reverse park because i'm, I'm really struggling really struggle I've, we've had people park next to the sign yeah. that says back it up back yeah. it in forward park uh, yeah. and it's um what was the question? I just got it out right there. there. I just heard <laughs> reverse parking. And I, knew that a would be
0: a, I knew that would be a sore subject. I mean, I, I've i spent um, a fair few Saturdays and Sundays helping out as a marshal here. And it has always fascinated me where people will drive in. And, and this was at the time where people would pay a fiver or something, get mm. a get a key ring in exchange or something else. And you would say, yeah, anywhere you like, just the only thing, if you just back it in for me, that'd be great. Yeah, mm. And a lot of cars would get it. Motorbikes, as a, as a, as a biker, mm. I often think, your motorcycle, when parked, looks best when it's facing outwards. Yes, Always. Yes, yes. Yeah. For some fascinating reason. Some people mm-hmm. just ride in on their bikes, nose it straight up to a wall, and you just think,
3: that looks rubbish. Yeah. Like what And I think that you know, that that whole concept and the ethos there of what you're talking about it's par for the course. We were actually talking about it not long ago with the the tables that we've got out in the stone area near the teepee and under the trees and the fact that there's space for cars. Yeah. Is that the site, it's not a car park. It's a display area and it has to be treated yeah, like that. Otherwise right. if you don't, if you neglect it, then you end up just with this weird higgly piggly mess of of just machines. Yeah. Whereas if a bit of thought and attention goes into it, actually you end up with this wicked vibe where people are walking around and it feels like a like a car show, yeah. like a festival. And that's really important. You know, you, it it makes a huge difference, and it probably sounds really trivial. Um, no, 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 such a difference. Do you know, just a few of them are out, they stick out like sore thumbs.
0: They but. do, they do. And I, I used to get great pleasure from people that would turn up, maybe for the first time, on a Saturday or Sunday, and they turn up in their car and they go, um, "Oh, uh, what's the event?" Yeah. And I used to love saying to them, "You are. It's yeah. it's you. It's <laughs> ev- you know every single car that you see here in this car park. Yes." you know, it, it's very easy to drive in and think, Oh no, I've attended this event of posh cars. Mm. No, it's it, everyone that's turned up is the display. Yeah. So of course you want it to look nice. Yeah. You, you want the cars to back up and look pretty and the motorbikes to be displayed nicely. And, and for the most part, fortunately. You can
2: make bad parking appear as well. Oh, God, yeah. Because you can you can take a car up onto the hill very early morning and get it positioned yeah. beautifully. And yeah. it doesn't take long for people to swarm around it and make it look but like the a big front Which is like, absolutely... Uh, I'm trying to create magic here. Yeah. But yeah.
0: But no, I mean, the, the question was, question? was uh, other than the uh, reverse parking thing, which <laughs> hmm. I, uh, you picked up more on that than I thought you would, yeah, but I enjoyed it, it, it very much. Biggest frustration's the on therapy. site
2: during the day as it operates. Our dysfunctional building probably yeah. comes quite close. Uh-huh. It's She's an old girl that needs a lot of coercion into into mm. working correctly all the time, Um yeah, I you know what I don't know people people try and drive out the exit quite a lot, but you could argue yeah. that our signage isn't Actually, good enough. Yeah, mm. that's um, one of those
3: things. It's it's not the end of well, it's, biggest challenge. Yeah. I've asked it several times. Now. I must just listen a bit a bit closely. Um, so it's a bit more a bit more difficult. I just. Um, so it's uh, from that perspective. People. Yeah. Having a, people. having people walk in when having you're people, a having people having people called
0: Jack Windsor walk into a room whilst yeah. we're recording a podcast. That's the biggest frustration. That is probably yeah. one of my biggest frustrations. Hi Jack. Yeah. Hi Jack. you are leaving this in Jack,
3: Jack Yard <laughs> Unit. Um, Yeah, just my biggest frustration is dealing with the capacity of people in the way that we want to be able to provide them with this wicked Mm. service from start to finish, from everything, from ability to turn up and get in. Yeah. So that then needs tickets, of which Phil and I were never overly keen on, but we needed a way of trying to manage that. Yeah food and drink wait time and the ability to serve them the, the quality of what we want in the the time with the limited as phil said she's an old girl this business this yeah. building yeah, yeah um you know there's loads of sort of restrictions that we have to try and juggle um and the whole thing's a trade-off you know you look at volume time and quality i suppose that would be your three things uh-huh. one of them usually has to give somewhere so it's trying to find that balance having the food vendors come in and work with us has just been amazing it provides yes. that really nice variety and yeah. some um I guess a bit of respite for for the yeah. kitchen, um, and you know, just gives us a, a different sort of dimension, different flavour, if mm. you will. Um, another layer of texture. another layer, mm. um, but yeah, that that frustration of probably always striving perfection, I guess, is yeah. is probably it because um, it, it's it's relentless when you try and make it perfect the entire time. It's a good answer though,
0: because I think that's the thing. I think for a lot of people that haven't necessarily even seen the business, it can be very easy to just think, oh, you know, it's just this, it's just a pub that gets some pretty cars turn up. But you want this to be so right. You want it to be so good. You want every single person that arrives to this location to get it. Mm. And unless you have that compassion and that care to make it work, then it just won't.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. Um, it just makes it uh, a very difficult beast to try and manage.
2: She's wonderful, though.
3: She is, she's nice.
2: Now,
0: uh, most rewarding moments in the flip side. Ooh
2: having people say how wonderful it is and how much yeah, it's changed that their lives. Yeah. It
3: never life. gets boring ever. Um, um
2: seeing people who've met here, um relationships forged here, yeah. couples forged here. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. It'd be good to try and get a uh, have a first caffeine machine romance into wedding. If we if yeah. there's anyone It was them, talked though. about, wasn't I it? I think it might be if it might be yeah. you, yeah. no? Oh, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
0: in fact, there are two people sat in this room. Three people, all three of us in this room yeah. have, have it could,
2: it met romances because of yeah. this place. Yeah. Well, there you
3: go, you see. Um, so, well, there you go. Seeing,
2: seeing the ripple effect outbound, so seeing people that have, um, from um, supply chain vibrations, that really yeah. excites me. So, like, creative person X meets mm. agency person Y. Yeah, that's true. Business appears. Yeah. Um, I really like seeing that. I like seeing um, aspiring photographers all of a sudden find yes. themselves in in a career, um, videographers busy. Mm. Um, that really always appeals I think to me. The, the
3: point you said a second ago around, you know, it's. We had it after the talk on Monday, we had someone come and ask us about I Love You Man for um for November, which just comes at such at the end of such a, a busy week that we've we've pushed to, to December now. Mm-hmm. Um but one of the things is they say that there's there's three of them. Um and they, they come down religiously, every I Love You Man that always make it because it's really important to them and you know, they all drive lovely cars, but actually they said that we all jump into one car because what we really enjoy is the the discussion between us when we go, but also what we can talk about when we've left. Mm-hmm. Um and and to people, it when you hear someone specifically say, actually, you know, forget everyone else, this place is really important to me because it provides me with this this place that I can go and just be comfortable and be happy. Yeah. That's kind of it. You know, for that one person, the fact that you can create this place that is so special to them. You know, there was a, a father and son and, you know, they, they don't live together. Um, You know, obviously the parents have separated. But he said, we have such limited, precious time, but we always choose to meet here because we know that it's somewhere that he will really enjoy because he can walk around. And me as a dad, I don't care where I am. You know, I enjoy yeah. the cars and stuff, yeah. but I get to spend it with my son. Mm. And like to hear that sort of stuff, you can give me all the wicked, amazing, you know, F1 GTRs in the, in the yard whenever and, yeah. you know those really special machine moments. But for me, the mm. the people stuff is just because It cuts it's to the core as to why yeah, we built it, right? that's what it's for. It's our dysfunctional yeah. community centre. Yeah, it cuts can to the core of exactly. So
2: I think that's probably, um, yeah, that's corroboration of what we've tried to do. That's where it, mm. yeah, it gets you in the feels. Mm, for sure. Big time.
0: Love it. So uh, my penultimate question yes. um, is actually going to feed on from something you've just commented on there, Dan. What is the car for both of you? If any, might be an impossible question to answer, mm. but is there anything that's pulled up in the yard that's both made you go, Holy, mm. that's amazing. Oh, happened that. in like the last that six months, Tom it? Tom's just, just bleeped. bleeped it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the listener never even knew what I said. You're very good. No idea that I said. <laughs> yeah. The listener doesn't know. All they hear is no idea. <laughs> here is yeah. Yeah. What, can you say <laughs> on the podcast? Is uh, we can say it, but yeah. we have to mark it as explicit. So right. Tom has now had to do about six or seven. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wonderful because it yeah. now says caffeine and machine explicit. Yeah. I like it.
3: That was a really special day. Yeah,
2: we've um, we've been, we've been very very lucky to to have and it, it's only come about in the last six months, hasn't it? So
1: yeah. Um,
2: th- there seems to be as, at every incremental growth of the business, you get that extra wave of awareness and you sit in front of a whole new set of people. Yeah, and somehow somewhere we managed to get ourselves in front of Marino Franchitti and a bunch of yeah. other people, um, and they bring they bring just the most glorious stuff that makes the world melt. So um, that was the day that a two hundred and fifty GTO
0: and a Ferrari Daytona.
2: Pull yeah, together. Right. and then like a week later, we had F1 GTR, uh, we had an Aston DB3, uh, we had a two time Le Mans winning 250 Testarossa, uh, Phantom a week, 3. We, yeah, Phantom 3 with a Merlin motor in it, like the coolest oh, wow. thing ever. Yeah. Um, and then a week later, um, uh, uh, the real deal homologation group for Stratos. Um, but then I don't know the car that's coming in this evening, I'm exceptionally yeah. excited about seeing it's one man's dream to create his thing and that's ace Um so yeah we when Phil Morrison rolls in with his Lambo I'm very excited about that
3: if he drives still it in still yet to see it in the flesh I'm yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm yeah. We're really talk, I was talking about this with uh, Alan Mr. McGovern Senior outside saying if it does arrive under its own um He's got Steam. A nose lift on it. Now, hasn't he? I don't know if he does. I think it's going to have to come in via the exit. Yeah. I think the, uh, it's we'll figure it it's out. So low. But then, but then yeah. I
2: don't know, there were some hilarious things early early doors. Even, uh, even on day opening, there was three three guys from Stratford that drove in, drove in a Massey Ferguson with a flatbed attached mm-hmm. to it and
4: two deck chairs. <laughs> <laughs> because? Just because <laughs> yeah. they wanted to
1: hang out on the back, yeah.
3: But that's what's fun. I, I, again, it, it goes back to the, the place that we tried to create. It's absolutely incredible to, to get these just huge cars you know these just yeah. icons but it's when they park next to just you know your boy in his fiesta st his pride and joy mm. and you get that crossover of the term of having the conversation of oh my god this is my dream car well the, the one you, you used the example before with um with yeah Carrera Adam gt the owner Citroen saxo
2: owner mm. yeah one was aspiring to the other one's car without realizing that the guy that had the aspirational vehicle owned the vehicle that the kid was driving no way um you know my first car was what you're in and you're dreaming about what i'm now in um those kind of things are really really cool yeah yeah really really cool it's the people though john you know that um everyone's on a ladder of adventure aren't they with their cars yeah. and it's it's completely. the really wicked characters that we meet as well that kind of make it whether we get to know their names or not um they always leave a mark
4: mm.
2: yeah they've been here and they have been noticed and the cars yeah, exactly. have been noticed yeah. this is
3: it and and yeah it is it's um yeah it's quite unique like that as a place yeah um,
0: oh completely Completely, because I think of, you know, there are other automotive venues that you can go to in the UK, but there is nothing that comes close to this in the sense of you feel a part of it when you arrive. Yes, we can all drive to Ace Cafe and it's an amazing, prestigious, historic location, but ultimately you park up in that car park, you're another car in the car park. You And you can say the same for going to any big motorsport event. You know, you park up there or a show, you park up there, you're part of the show. Here, Mm -hmm. you're, you're... somehow you become part of this whole experience for everyone yeah. that's attending and it's it's so much more than just yeah.
3: a exactly. car park. We're doing quite a bit of work at the moment just on, on the, the site and sort of the grounds mm. and one of the things when we speak to people when we're looking at the design of it it's like Okay, so where do you want the car park? It's like the whole thing yeah. is the car park. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the thing. It, it's not like a pub or a restaurant where you put the car park out of the way and you go to the other bit. Mm-hmm. Actually, the car park is the event space, and yeah. that's what we're trying. It, it's it's quite unique and I mean, what's makes the it best, quite fun as well.
2: The best bit about um about the Goodwood Festival of Speed, like the single best bit for me is wandering around the public car park, around the right? car park. Yeah, so yeah. if you could intermingle the public car park into the event, you've got a thing. But then it's yeah. not a commercial. Like imagine if that whole bit on the in, in the centre of the track was public parking. It would mm. be absolutely magnificent, wouldn't it? But it doesn't fit a model of That's right. how to build something in that instance. Yeah. But for us, yeah, very much it needs to be all mingled. I want people driving past, riding past. It's what the bike shed in London have got. They've got that, that ability yes. as well. But it's obviously it's not a car, but you can drive your motorbike straight through the centre mm. of the cafe and yeah. out into the car park at the back.
1: Yeah.
2: The theatre. Love it. So the last question before we wrap up and we can enjoy
0: a, uh, an evening with drift cars, is, uh, I don't even know if it could be classified as one question, there's probably going to be a couple that spin off, but it's about the future. This, as I've said a couple of times in this recording, this is the one and only Caffeine and Machine location. I don't think it's a huge secret to, uh, to the world to know that there is the idea, at the very least, that there is going to be more than one location. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to pressure you into saying anything more than you want than yeah. you want to say or you're allowed to say. Um and I what's spoken about what already. The, um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> what what is the plan for the future? Exactly what you just said. You know, we're we're really keen. We've we were never sure quite how the first one would ever be be taken, yeah. but we always knew that there potentially hmm. that this would be the first one. You know, we we had ambitions of, of having more than one of these. When oh, Philip first I was map hilariously was international, in, wasn't it? Yeah. It you know, was we, dotted we, all over the world. It, it was yeah, one in the country and be. then moved yeah. to another country and that would be bonkers and there's a lot to learn in one country, <laughs> let alone in, in several different jurisdictions. Yeah. Um, we absolutely would would want a, a second one. We're working pretty hard to, to try and make that happen. Um, and is that closer to
0: home in the sense of is it in the united kingdom the intention would be the the geographical
2: barrier yeah but i suppose that's the work that's going on so much in the background and people kind of question why and what's going on in the background is we're desperately trying to get to a point where this the the processes and all the the throughputs can work so that when we do get to scale we're not starting again
4: yeah Yeah. so there's a
2: lot of work that's going on now to make sure that we're ready to try and go um location is the hardest thing, right? We've we've spent three years fighting this horse as best we can. And I think even if if we were to start this now, knowing mm. what we know now, there's probably a high chance that we'd question it way more than we did at the beginning. Yeah, Like road splay, mm. uh, local traffic. Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Local community. The fact that we didn't have the capability of swallowing the cars when we first started. Mm. We had 95 car parking spaces when we first opened. <laughs> you know, it's all of those things that we looked at. And now our list of, Oh, can we call them? Barriers? Barriers yeah, to entry? Really,
3: yeah, well, they are just They're just signals that we would look at something and just think, actually, you know, this is what an amazing place, but it just yeah. wouldn't work because you're having to drive down four residential roads to get of to course, it. Yeah. It's just the little things like that, that that just become really sort of really important. But yeah, we're, we're, we're very lot of very keen and we've seen some really cool properties. You know, there's a few yeah. there's a few mm-hmm. locations that sort of stick out as to where we might look. Um, And, you know, we're chatting a little more than just sort of um looking through a, an advert online we're, we're speaking with a few agents and a few bits and pieces to try and find something and cool. um, but that's we kind of where it's to, to be honest yeah lots of tire kicking yeah um but in, enjoying that as well enjoying the enjoying the search it's exciting you know you kind of phil and I drift back into the the moments of what it was like before this one opened it's like i oh, imagine what you could do with this and you just let your mind wander for a little bit mm, and yeah. it's it's really quite fun
0: dreamy and, i guess the next uh, or the follow up to that, is, of course we we talked about the handing over of creative control to people, maybe not creative control in, in this exact premises, but of yeah. course, when it comes to opening a uh, new premises, whether that's here in the UK or elsewhere in the world... There's only one pair of Phil and Dan's, isn't there? Really, it's your concept and your creation, and how easy a is that going to be? Company, <laughs> yeah. Is <Yeah. laughs> it <laughs> so the same people that did the sheep? <laughs> yeah. Just got two dollies coming. Because of course, you know, there's that. There is going to be an element where you're going to have to hand it over to somebody and
3: say, look, this is how we've done it. Yeah. And ideally, it'll be the same. But it. I think that goes back down to what Phil was saying before: is that you know, there's there's varying degrees of that that you can hand over. Um. So operationally, yeah, the the guys the guys could run this place you know, without any help at all and do, you know, regularly. The bit's where Phil and I will chuck our noses in and, and sort of it's, it's when it starts to veer away from sort of the, the ethos, which is, mm. you know, it's, it doesn't happen regularly, but in terms of the events and the way we might want to structure things and yeah. not become too stereotypical like a pub. Yes, we sell food and drink and we are that type of venue, but it's very easy to fall into that, put the three o'clock football games on, yeah, and, of course. you know, and you, you're doing two for one Jager bombs and all this sort of stuff. We're, we're not that place. We're, we're very anti sort of traditional pub. Um, we want to try and make it a bit more unique yep. and, and kind of fit for, for what we wanted to try and create. So we could create operationally, I think we can I think we can do that. Yep. Um, to your point, and, and well corrected in the question, is I don't think we need to give up creative control because no you need someone that's going to implement the creative spec sheet, if you like. Yeah. Um, and operationally, that's where you need the help, of which we've got a, a wicked team that are already starting to kind of roll that out. Um, and yeah, it will need some some extra bodies to help make that happen.
2: We, we are ready to start recruiting when it comes to yeah. this jobs at caffeine and machine content, content, com. content wizard human yeah jobs at caffeineandmachine <laughs> <laughs> you'll speak to Claire covering letter sellers on the covering letter <laughs> CVs mean nothing there you go yeah
0: and uh, it, it, if you've ever if you've ever needed any research into uh, the company you're about to apply to yeah this is it exactly. <laughs> this exactly is the podcast that, that you yep. have listened to and mm-hmm. um, like I said at the beginning if you would like to hear more from both Phil and Dan there are two. Uh, individual podcasts, Uh, Dan was episode 11, uh, Phil was episode 21, um this has been episode 75 my goodness in okay, there John well, you, you team. well done
2: everyone
3: a lot yeah. of
0: talking a lot of
2: hot air
3: a lot of <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know me Dan. yeah no it's um it, it's been great and uh yeah like i said at the very beginning of this recording i it, it would have been insanity to not at least have some sort of reference to the fact that this is your birthday week and um for me personally it's been Utterly incredible to be part of it in the tiniest, tiniest form. Just you know, being there, being in the in the grounds of it, has been amazing. And uh, I am so excited to see how this continues to grow and and where this goes to. And maybe we uh, record another one in a in in five or six years' time? And uh, whenever you're ready. talk about you know yeah, what where things there. have progressed because uh, it's certainly been a journey in the past three years. And I can only imagine the next. And we've three, still got six, so much nine, energy, haven't we? We're good to yeah. good to go. Yeah. And make
2: this happen. It's just this it's is timing, it. isn't it?
0: absolutely wow. well um thank, thank you, you both John. very
2: much i've, I've you, taken up an hour and 20 minutes thank of you I've time enjoyed in every your busy of
0: it. birthday week um a huge thank you of course to uh you the listener um hope you've enjoyed it as i said before we have got uh, 74 previous episodes if this is the first one you've heard then uh, by, by all means go back to the back catalogue every single week almost uh, all bar two i think we have had a special guest from the automotive world so have a scroll through everyone from photographers like rio can to magnus walker to Quentin Wilson, who we mentioned in this podcast, we have spoken to loads of really interesting people, so do visit that back catalogue. If you've got the time, means and ability to leave us a review, please do, because we love it and it really helps us grow. And just as a reminder, you know, we do this for free. So if you want to just kind of help us out, pop us a nice review, it helps. And most importantly, if you're anywhere near uh, the United Kingdom, come to Caffeine Machine and buy a pint and a T-shirt and a burger, because... Uh, we have seven we, very
3: nicely appointed bed and breakfast rooms. Yeah. You can come make a nice, uh, <laughs> nice evening of it. Um, i say hi to a stranger and make a friend that you've not met yet. Correct. Exactly
0: that. Exactly that. And it's
3: so true. You know, it sounds cliche,
0: but we have done, I've done it. I've pulled into this place and met people that I never in a million years would have met otherwise if it were not for this place. I've met some really, really close friends. Um, it, it's it's a magical place. So, yeah, if you haven't yet been, Caffeine and Machine, come on down. Thank you, John. I've got one more for Tom.
4: <laughs> thanks for listening see you thank next week you. Bye. thank you the Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital you dream it we bring it to life find out more at drivenchat.com when you make decisions for your company you look for the no brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer